This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Alrighty, folks, 721 here on this Tuesday evening. It's JJ John Jastrzemski. We're right here on the fan, and we're going to welcome in one of my all-time favorites. He's been killing it with Iron Eagle all season. He is a part of a terrific broadcast team over at CBS. They had a great game last Sunday with the Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. We welcome in one of my all-time favorites, the great Charles Davis. CD, what's happening, brother? JJ, my good man, it's great to hear your voice again. I trust that you and your family, your loved ones, your friends are all safe and well and and, and healthy during this crazy, crazy time because uh, I don't take it for granted, that's for sure. It is a rough, rough time out there for everyone, and we're all trying to do the right thing. And it's still a still tough one out there for us all. So stay safe, my friend. CD, well said, my friend. I'm glad that you are doing well. First things first. How has it been this season? You know, all the travel, uh, new broadcast partner who's as good as it gets in Bird. Yeah. But what has it been like for you as a guy has been doing this for a long period of time, calling games, going through the process with these NFL stadiums being the way that they are? You know, I think that there's a lot of relatable things for us, JJ, that are relatable to everyone else out there who has to travel for work. You know, for for a long time, there was a good number of us. I'd say the vast majority of us were halted if you had to travel for work, right? In fact, I was coming back from Pittsburgh Sunday night, and one of the guys near me, I heard him talking with the flight attendant, and she's like, is everything okay and whatever? And he said, you know, it's my first flight in six months. And he said, I used to fly Monday through Thursday every week. and <laughs> This is the first time I'm back out there. So it's relatable to all of us. And then you then you throw it into our football realm. And I remember driving up for the first game, Cleveland at Baltimore, right? Pretty good battle, right? A lot of anticipation, the whole thing. And I remember driving up to the stadium and thinking, do I have the wrong day? You know, you, you know that dream you have where you're you're either late for work or you're late for a class or you're missing a final and you're and it, what 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 what? Because you didn't have the crowd of people already tailgating, right? You didn't have people coming up. Because the first three games of the year, we had no one at all in the stadium, other than the teams and, you know, the essential workers, et cetera. Then we had a game in Tampa, and they had a soft opening and had people. And even a, a small number of people changes the complexion and the tenor. So it's, it's been a very strange, unusual year. But I do think what, what I'm saying, if people hear our voices, I think they can relate to it if they travel for work. You know, you go into a hotel, 
and it's different. If you're used to certain accommodations, those accommodations are there. But the extras, you know, cleaning your room every day, right? But, you know, the, the mint on the pillow, all those things, that may not be there right now. You know, all those things have changed along the way. But as usual, we're pretty resilient people. We adapt, <laughs> we adjust, we go on, and we keep doing it. And let's face it, no one is, is, is going to sit there and say, oh, my God, how, how difficult is it for you to do your job? We're fortunate to be able to do the job. And as you said, I couldn't be with a better team, being with Ian Eagle and Evan Washburn in that group. <laughs> I'm pretty fortunate that way. That's big boy team right there, Charles Davis. A big boy yeah. team. I want to get to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm all over them, Charles. I, I took mm-hmm. them to win the Super Bowl. I love what I've seen in the first couple of weeks. We yeah. know Kansas City, right? Mahomes, Andy Reid, bringing in Le'Veon Bell. They're the favorites. But you had the Steelers last week. They held on for deal life against the Titans. Yeah. Are yep. they the biggest threat, in your opinion, right now at the end of October to Mahomes and KC? That's a good question, and I would say yes. For, I'm going to say yes for this reason because I think it's them, and I still say Baltimore, and, of course, Tennessee. I mean, we're, we're not going to kick Tennessee to the curb. Tennessee was getting jumped on. It was 24-7, to 7, and, and look what they did in, in terms of coming back and finding a way to – stay in that ball game and make plays, all right? So I'm not about to take Tennessee and say, okay, there's their loss. No, Tennessee could very well get back to the AFC title game again and maybe beyond. But here's why I like Pittsburgh. And, 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 you know, here's why you can make the case for Pittsburgh, I should say. The pass rush coming from the the up-front guys. And remember, with Pittsburgh, you have to count the outside linebackers because that's always part of their pass rush, you know? Do they like to bring pressure? Yes. But can they generate pressure without always bringing extras? I say yes, because of Tyson Alou who no one's talking about this year, has been tremendous at, at, at nose in the middle, replacing Javon Hargrave. Cam Hayward is an all-pro, okay? Now you're at Watt, Dupree. You can rush for and get pressure with Pittsburgh. Now, do they like to bring more? They do. How many more is always the question because it seems to me that Kansas City does better if you bring extras at Mahomes. He finds a way to keep it alive and carves you up downfield. The teams that have given him the most trouble this year, as you've seen, J.J., have been teams that have been able to generate some pressure up front with three or four, drop builders into coverage, and make it more difficult for Kansas City. Now, they finally got an answer to it, though, didn't they? Did you see them the last time out, what Kansas City did? They finally said, okay, if you're going to drop them, we're going to run it. Let's see how that works out. And they ran the heck out of it and really looked good in doing it. So you got to be careful with them because it's going to be a matter of if Kansas City decides, okay, I don't have to force it throwing it, and if you're going to drop all those, we're going to run it until you do something different. But, yeah, Pittsburgh can generate people up front, and I'm counting Watt and I'm counting Dupree because that's a natural part of their pass rush. CD was a blast watching Seattle and Arizona on Sunday night. Oh, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. I mean, talk about a roller coaster of emotions, dude. <laughs> that was the ultimate roller coaster of emotions. Game-wise, entertainment, the spread, all of it combined into one. But CD, I was thinking about the schedule, and I see the NFC West with all those four talented teams. Yeah. They got games with the AFC East. They got games with the NFC East. With an extra playoff team, 
Is there a chance we could have all four of those teams finding a way to the playoffs? Well, you just laid out the perfect, you know, scenario for them, right? AFC East, NFC East, you said? Okay, not exactly murderer's row as we look at things right now, right? So in the AFC East, Buffalo's riding high, but their last few games, and and we're going to see them this week against New England, you know, and that's going to be – I'm not going to call it New England's last stand, but they need to stand up and punch in this one, and this is something we're not used to seeing. But Buffalo's the team. The Jets are, you know, abysmal as we know. Miami has gotten better, but they have made the change to Tua. So will that change the tenor of that team or not, or will they continue to ascend? But on the NFC side, that's the type where you're saying to yourself, if you're the NFC West, better not drop one there. Okay? I don't care who we're playing. Better not drop one there. That, because that could be the difference in getting to the playoffs, jockeying for position in your own division, et cetera. But you're right. That extra playoff team, we might have something we haven't seen before. Now, remember, they got to beat up each other within the West. Okay, two games each on that one. That'll be interesting to see how people come out of that because that West is just wow. I, I don't. I, I'm going to ask you, JJ. Did, did we really see the Rams being where they are right now in the West this year? Because going into the season, Arizona was very trendy. You know, yeah, I like liked hey, Arizona, Charles. One, right? I was all over Arizona. I, I did not. Yeah, I'll be fair on this, CD. Well, I did not think that the Rams would be playing as well as they've played. Now, I loved them yesterday against Chicago. I thought it was a great right. spot for them. But you know what has surprised me? That defense. Not only Aaron Donald. You saw the way they beat up Nick Foles yesterday. I mean, for, for my guy, Tua, CD, I'm a little nervous. Aaron Donald <laughs> and that pass rush coming after him. That's scary stuff. Yeah, I thought about that, too, and I knew that the plan was, once Miami made the decision, we understood what the plan was, right? Typically, when you make that quarterback change, you're trying to get to the week before the open week, right? So you get that, you get the open week, and then he plays, right? So it's a two-week preparation. But I remember looking at it as soon as I heard the news, and I said, who do they play coming off? Ooh, ooh, that's not easy. You know what I mean, really? I don't care if you have a month. Getting ready for Aaron Donald and crew is not going to be easy. And look at how many other guys are benefiting from everything Aaron Donald does. I thought the guys on Monday Night Football showed that really well and discussed that. I mean, you know, shoot, we even had a we have an sighting of we had a sighting of Leonard Floyd last night. You know, and in the Chicago, people are like, "We drafted him number one. What happened to him?" Oh yeah, he's out in Los Angeles now, and he's making plays for them and that secondary that they have. So it's going to be fun to watch. But they did catch the right team at the right time because Chicago, unfortunately, as good as they are on defense and as much as we love talking about Nick Foles, they really can't score. I mean, I don't care who they – I mean, yeah, I know L.A. played well, but name who they've gone off against offensively. It's been the same story every week, hasn't it, J.J.? Defense usually plays pretty darn well. Offense, trying to figure out how to score. Defense is outscoring the offense. <laughs> That could that could be the Achilles heel for a Chicago team that's really talented on, on one side of the ball but hasn't figured out how to move it well enough on the offensive side yet. We got the great Charles Davis over at CBS Sports. He joins us here on The Fan. All right, CD, let's get to the Tua decision. Now, you know, we talked during the draft. Mm-hmm. You know what a big Dolphin fan I am. Yep. I was all aboard drafting this kid. I loved him at Alabama. To me, it was worth the roll of the dice. But I look now at what Burrow is doing with no offensive line. He's playing his rear end off. 
Herbert with the Chargers, who I didn't like nearly as much as Tua. Right. He's been sensational. So all of a sudden now, the Dolphins off back-to-back wins. They make the change. It gives me like the flashback to the Giants with Eli Manning and Kurt Warner many moons ago. I'm okay with the timing. To me, it's all about getting him right, getting him on the field, and that way the franchise can grow, flourish, you name it. Did you agree with the way the Dolphins went about the quarterback position? I was surprised only because once they got to three and three, you start to think to yourself, could we be better and possibly have that playoff run? Could, could we press for it? Because I'm going to give you the contrast, or actually an analogy to it, right? Washington this year with Ron Rivera and his crew. We all knew that this was a year you had to find out if Dwayne Haskins could play, right? They put everything into it. He had the offseason. He lost weight. Remember all the stories about his leadership was getting better, right? He was doing all those things. And then he didn't play as well. In, In spots he did, in other spots he did not. But I really think Rob Rivera said it, you know, different reasons why we're making this. But one of them is this this division is wide open because it's so bad. And he wanted to have a chance to win the division. The Dolphins, I think, looked at it in a whole different light. Yeah, we've won these last two. This has been terrific. But the plan all along was to try and get before the open week, get him ready to go, and let's do this thing. Plus, did they not fortify the offensive line? In the offseason, did they not work on that? Did they not go out and get some more weapons for him in the offseason in, in Jordan Howard and Matt Breida and crew? Did they not try and build around him a little to try and get the answer? Yes. So from ownership all the way down, ownership, GM, head coach, as an organization, they had a plan and they're ready to execute it. I think what made it tough, J.J., for all of us, truth, truthfully, not just the two wins in a row, but to see Fitzmagic up there pour his heart out. Right? I mean, who among us did just did just wrench your heart that Fitzmagic is like, oh, playing well, and, and this hurts. And it hurt all of us because he's given us some really good thrills along the way. But as an organization, I understood why they made the move. CD, I felt the exact same way, man. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Such an easy guy to root for. That said, when it's time, it's time. Now, let's yeah. get to your game Sunday. You got the Patriots and the Bills. I can't wait to watch this one because you hit on it. It might be New England's last stand for 2020. You know, one of the great storylines coming into this season, first year of the separation between Brady and Belichick and who was going to have the more successful year. And, you know, a week or two into the season, Charles, when Cam is lighting it up and Tom Brady had that rough game in New Orleans – You know, some people are saying, oh, maybe Bill knows what he's doing. Maybe the Pats know what he's doing. Well, I watched them against San Francisco. Cam had trouble throwing the football. Nobody was getting open. The defense looks depleted. CD, if they lose this game to the Buffalo Bills and they fall at 2-5, and I know you might not be willing to do it. I'm going to be willing to do it. I'll bury them for 2020. (laughs) I don't think they overcome that. Well, you know, the other thing that we go into now is we're approaching the trade deadline, right? The Patriots have always been open for business. That's never been, you know, something they've shied away from. They've made trade deadline trades with contending teams, as you might, as you would recall. Remember when they traded Richard Seymour and we all, like, fell out of our chairs? You remember that Richard one? Seymour, you know, Laura Malloy, Randy Seymour, Moss, they, right? they usually pull an October surprise they, for us, you know? Right. 
But those teams were teams that were contending teams. Now let's say you're two and five, right? Now who's open? If you're open for business and you're talking about doing things to make your team better, now remember this: I don't see Bill Belichick going into a full trade everyone away mode, and we strip it down bare, and we start. He, you know, he's 68. Okay, that's not his thing. But would he trade some assets to get some big time picks and try and reload quickly? Potentially. I mean, I don't see where, where that's out of line or out of reason to discuss if they get to that stage. And, heck, even if they win on Sunday, he might be willing to do something like that to try and make this team a little bit better in the future and try and work it through. The opt-outs and the numbers that we saw on the defensive side, they have come a cropper for them. It has happened to where you said, okay, those guys have affected what they've done or, or their lack of production on the defensive side of the ball. And offensively, as you noted, Early in the season when they were sitting there at 2-1 and one and Cam was lighting it up and the whole thing, I was like, hey, they're going to be okay. Let's see if they can get him back on the beam. And I'm interested in watching what they do on Sunday to try and get him going again because early in the season he ran the ball a lot more and that opened up passing lanes. But those receivers have to give him some help and Edelman's playing hurt. You know, that guy's got a ton of heart, as we know. But he's playing hurt right now. He's not 100%. Nikhil Harry's got to jump his game up. They've got to find some guys who can make some plays, and they don't have tight ends who have made them so far, even though they drafted those two kids. One of them has been inactive each game, and the other hasn't given them a whole lot. So I'm eager to see how they go about doing it. But I think that James White, Damian Harris, are going to have to really provide a lot for them out of the backfield. Charles, I wish I could give you like a hard-hitting nuts and bolts question about the New York Jets, but unfortunately when you're 0-7 right now to kick <laughs> off the year, that's really there tough for not. me to do. But I know you are a guy that does all this great work in evaluating quarterback prospects. Yeah. And I know you, every year of draft day, you got guys you like, you got guys that you're so, so on. And I know you haven't gotten there yet when it comes not to yet. Trevor Lawrence, but it's Trevor Lawrence, and I think he's in this category. So let me just preface this by saying I would put him, you know, in the likes of a luck, the likes of, mm-hmm. you know, a Peyton Manning. Is he the definition, CD, of a can't-miss quarterback prospect? Yeah, you know, as much as we can say can't-miss, right, JJ? Because let's face it, we can always miss, and we, and we all have at different times. And sometimes I remind people, with some of these can't-miss guys, because, you know, they all want to come back at you. And I get it. Hey, I put it out there. I like this guy. I don't like this guy. Boy, you guys really missed on him. Well, it's one thing if we all miss. Remember Greg Robinson? Let's take it out of quarterbacks. Remember Greg Robinson, the tackle out Auburn? Supposed to be a beast, right? We all missed on him. Okay? So, it, it, you know, that's one of those ones where it's like, yep, unanimous miss. I think Lawrence is in that category. That's why, unfortunately for Sam Darnold, that talk is not going away, okay? It's going to be there. He's going to have to deal with it and live with it. And if the Jets somehow have that number one pick, I don't think they'll be open for business in terms of trading that pick. I think they might be open and be open for business in trading Sam Darnold so they would make that pick. That's what I think Trevor Lawrence is. CD with the Giants, they're 1-6, but I love the way they've competed for Joe Judge. Now, yeah, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you got to start winning, right? Like, it's a yeah. results-oriented business. New York is oh, a sick and tired of coulda, shoulda, woulda. Um, my question is this, CD. From what you've seen out of Daniel Jones, who has talent, who has upside, do you believe the turnover issue for a guy like Daniel Jones, is that correctable? 
I have always thought it was correctable, J.J., but the question I would ask him is like my old college coach, Johnny Majors, used to say to us all the time. I remember one time, we, I think we lost one or two. I think we lost two in a row. And he said, you know, like, well, like my, my mom used to tell me all the time, this too shall pass. And then we lost again. And he said, you remember I said this too shall pass? Well, you better do something about it so it will pass. I think that's where we are with Daniel Jones. Because you keep waiting for it to happen. But I read it this week, and it hit me. And it hit me like a ton of bricks this time, J.J. We've seen the potential. We've seen the big arm. We've seen, look, we saw him run. They can make the joke that they want to. But that's an 80-yard run. So this kid can hoof it. He can do everything you want. But you cannot play a single game in the NFL without a turnover, without either throwing an interception or fumbling the ball or both. Come on. No, 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 no. At some point, that has to stop. And it needs to stop the very next time they play. I mean, it's, it's time for that to go away. And if that's the case, they've got their quarterback. But you can't always have a game where you're turning it over. There hasn't been a great quarterback in the world that has every game turned it over at least once, J.J. Never, ever, never will be. So I think it's there. I think it's correctable. But we're into mid, midway through year two as a starter, okay, for this kid. It's got to stop, period. CD, final one. Appreciate the time as always. Tampa Bay, specifically with Antonio Brown now coming into the fold. We know AB checkered past. We know how ugly it got with the Raiders last year. The reason I like this move, to me, it's low risk for the Buccaneers. If he's a problem, he's gone the following week. Brady clearly wants him. Arians knows him. Can it work with AB and the Buccaneers? And twofold. Are the Buccaneers, in your opinion right now, team to beat in the NFC? They are rising into that level in a big way because you're coupling it with a defense that is really playing well for Todd Bowles. I hate the fact Vita Vea got hurt, but they they come at you, don't they? I mean, from every level, and the linebackers like Devin White can run. and It's a team playing with a lot of confidence, knowing that their offense is putting up 31 points a game. So you get even bolder on defense, right? You take more gambles, more, more opportunities to make big plays. Here's my thing on, on the A-B thing, and I'll state it as clearly as I possibly can. Yes, it can work if he does the right things, et cetera, et cetera. But you notice everything you're going to say about A-B comes with an if. If this team is willing to cut him if he acts up, then this thing absolutely is a low-risk deal. But if you're a franchise that takes him on and you're trying your best to make it work and you take it deeper than you should, then you're sabotaging your team. We'll find out where he is on all this. I will tell you, if I had owned a team and my GM came in and said, hey, I want to sign Antonio Brown, I would tell them to walk out the door and walk back in and decide before you ask me that question again about whether you want to continue to be employed. That's me. Okay, other people see it differently. Tom Brady wants him. <laughs> Bruce Arians didn't way back when. Now he wants him. You connect the dots if you want to. If he acts right, it makes sense. They got beat up receivers. He's a great player. If he doesn't act right and they're willing to get rid of him, then it makes sense. But if they're trying to make it work and they string it out, then that's on them. That's the, so, so the future will tell us what it turns out to be. Talent-wise, it makes sense. Everything else, I'm having a hard time buying it. 
The great Charles Davis over at CBS Sports. CD, appreciate the time, the perspective as always. And, you know, we got to work on your schedulers. We got to get you doing a Dolphin game one of these weeks, bro. It's been way too long. Hey, who knows? That that might come up in the not. I was going to say, they're working their way up the pedestal now with Tua. I mean, you know, normally, CD, when you're on a number two team, my team stinks. So it's a rarity to actually get us in the fold. Now, hey, dare to dream, right? Hey, why not? Plus, Tua's appointment viewing on TV right now because of what you said. Burrow off to a terrific start. Herbert off to a terrific start. Now the spotlight shifts to Tua. We could very well have three quarterbacks in this class that are keepers for the next 10 years. Now, how amazing would that be? Because you don't ordinarily get that, do you? No, you do not. Love you, CD. You're the best. Keep up the good work. We'll be watching on Sunday, okay? JJ, thanks for having me on. You take care of yourself, okay? The best. One of the best in the business, Charles Davis. So gracious with his time. Inside on the NFL is as good as it gets. And now I got two of my favorites working together. With Ian and Charles, I mean, that is a killer, killer team. Quarter to eight here on this Tuesday evening. We got so much more to do. It's JJ After Dark, John Jastrzemski right here on The Fan. We'll get to those Trevor Lawrence comments. I know a lot of people blowing them out of proportion. He doesn't want the Jets. I wouldn't read too much into it. We'll back up more of your calls right after this. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 